0: So, so far we've talked about church as, as a really kind of nebulous concept here, just just this idea of community. We, we've suggested it's important and it's biblical, uh, but we haven't really talked about what churches do and how, how they do it. We defined church earlier, um, don't know if you caught it or not, but as a as a called out group. Um, really the, the Greek word that church comes from was ekklesia. Uh, in, in the Greek language they, they said ekklesia. It wasn't a religious word invented just for churches. It was actually uh, a word they used any time there was a gathering for a purpose. If you called together the elders of a village to make a decision, it was an ecclesia. Christians kind of co-opted that term and said, okay, we're going to be a gathering for a particular purpose, for the purpose of the kingdom of God. And, And so they were called out of general society to be that community and to be practicing the kingdom of God in front of others and Usually we start when we start thinking about church. We automatically envision the large group gatherings of church We, we picture you know uh, dozens or hundreds of people in a building uh, We think of music we think of architecture um, that can only really be sustained by large numbers of people Uh, and sometimes that happens sometimes large groups of Christians gather in one place um, at one time or multiple times usually on a Sunday um, where they do sing songs pray listen to teaching and and use that building uh, and that gathered group of people as a resource center for the rest of their community Where they say we're gonna offer space or we're gonna offer these services to the community a food bank or whatever it might be Um, and, and with their numbers, they're able to, to do that kind of thing when they gather in a large community. They have, they have that kind of uh, kind of critical mass to, to do some, some pretty significant things um, together as a gathered body and also in their community as a scattered body. Sometimes a smaller, a smaller group of Christians gather um, to do some similar things. They gather in maybe homes or coffee shops or go trains, uh, whatever it might be. And they do the same kinds of things. They gather to learn, uh, to, to worship, uh, at least to pray together maybe. Um, and they gather to, um, to, to serve others. And they gather to um, just have a good time together, laugh, eat. Believe it or not, both, the big group and the small group, are church. They're both a gathered community of people learning to follow Jesus and trying to do it together because they know they can't do it alone. And each group has its advantages and its disadvantages. And I'm gonna highly recommend you get involved in both. The big group has big resources. It's got the critical mass to do some incredible things. They can really pull off some inspiring worship with with top-notch music and arts. Uh, Beautiful architecture um, needs to be sustained by a big budget. Um, And and when people go to a a big church gathering, they can feel like they're part of something bigger. Um, Sometimes that architecture draws their eyes up and they think, wow, God is is even greater than what I see here and this is pretty great. Or they they just feel like they're part of a a big community. They're not the only person trying to follow Jesus. This feels good. Um, But in a large church, it can often feel lonely as well. Where, where, where if you've ever tried to go to a large church for the first time, you look around and you think, I don't know anybody here, and I don't know how I'm ever going to get to know anybody here. Uh, it can feel a little isolating, uh, hard to get integrated and, and actually get to know people. You can go, come and go and people don't notice. Um, it's just one disadvantage. Now, those who grow steadily in their faith, those who I know who are really growing as Christians, are almost always involved in not just a big church, but a small church some kind of a small group gathering as well for nurture, learning, prayer, support, and ministry. Uh, They know others who are learning to follow Jesus and they know them and they share that journey together. So the small group has its advantages too. When you get together with a group of you know, three to 12 people on a regular basis to to be church in a smaller form, uh, you're definitely known. People know who you are and that you have something to contribute. There's a sense of authenticity, of, of community, um, and it's easy to be encouraged and challenged directly by others who you know are also real, authentic people trying to follow Jesus and aren't just telling you that because it's their job, uh, or, or plastic people who look perfect and aren't really. You'll know people and they'll know you. You'll challenge them, they'll challenge you. You'll encourage them, they'll encourage you. Um, it's really important. I also like to, to note that when people are in need, it's easy to disappear from the big church. You just don't show up for a while and, and maybe one or two people wonder what happened to that guy in the back row. Uh, in a small church community, in a small group, um, people notice if something's up uh, and can bring you that warm meal, can, uh, can reach out to you and, uh, and give you some support even, even when things aren't, aren't perfect in your life. A strong church is built on both big and small groups. The best large churches are actually made up of many, many small groups. If you, all you see is the Sunday morning with a thousand people there, you will think, you know, wow, this is really isolating and lonely. But what you won't be seeing is that through the week, people are meeting in small groups and, and recognize each other across that giant auditorium. Um, so a strong church is actually built on both kinds of groups and strongly encourages Christians to be part of both themselves. Well, we have a question for you to discuss today, and as usual, we hope that you won't just uh, think about it on your own, but that you'll share your thoughts with some friends, family, colleagues, fellow commuters, somebody else in your life who might benefit from taking this course to help them grow as a Christian. Here's your question for today. When have you worshiped in the past? When you worship, do you easily forget any of the four reasons above? How can you make sure they're part of your worship? Well, have a great discussion and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye for now.